me, amen, and the Lord could use you. Say, preacher, how can the Lord use me? Well, any way he wants to, any way he wants to, which is always the best way, isn't it? Amen. All righty. Well, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They're new. I like new, don't you? New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Father, once again, help me as I preach. Give me the words to say. Or even give me the way to say it. Lord, I pray that you would get the glory from it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think these two verses that we just read are verses that bring us such comfort and encouragement. You know, the world we live in today, we need some comfort. I can't find it on television. Can't find it in the news. Can't find it in the newspaper. But we can have comfort. It brings comfort, these words that we read here. And uh, they, they, they bring us that encouragement too. I, uh, what these verses are telling us is here about the wonderfulness of God. I don't think we can brag on God enough. I said I don't think we can brag on God enough. You can't even say amen for God. I don't understand that. I really don't. But we just don't want to brag on God. This morning in Sunday school, I was a little disappointed this morning. I said, anything brag on God, say something good about God. It was so quiet. You don't not be quiet. God's people ought not be quiet about God being good. You say, you're talking about me. Well, if you didn't say anything, yeah. All of us. Because God's good. And by the way, all the time. He said, well, everybody knows that. Yeah, but I know. But, you know, if everybody takes the same attitude as you, no one will say anything. I don't know, but I hear the gay crowd. Not in here, praise the Lord. I hear the gay crowd. I hear the communist crowd. I hear the Bernie Sanders crowd and the AOC crowd. I hear them very loud. I'm like, where's God's people? I go to the store. I don't usually hear, amen, praise the Lord. But I sure hear the, way, the name of God. With a curse word at the end of it. I hear all the filth. In fact, I even see it. It's hard to find people that even look like Christians today. And so when I look at the scripture, I find, I find, I find God's compassion towards me. I, I find God's faithfulness here. And it's something for all of us that are saved. Now, I understand lost people. You know, I say, man, God's good. And they go, Pfft. God's wonderful. God meets our needs. No, he hasn't met my needs. You understand lost people, even though lost people drink God's water and breathe God's air. But we as safe people need to stop and think about it. And I think if we would, if we just get out of our shell, if we just get out of our smugness and our our self-righteousness, we just might all say God's good. So, well, I know it. Let it be known. Everybody around us ought to know God's good to us. But I think so often times we don't even realize the mercy of God that God shows us every day. Now understand something. God's mercy is also doing this. God shows us mercy. But you know what? God's mercy is good to me. But also God's mercy, I believe, does this. It shows us the glory of God. When I see his mercy, I understand 
I don't deserve this. And I see the glory of God that God that loves us so much shows us his, his mercy. We enjoy the mercy and that we should. But that mercy that God shows me glorifies him. You know, think about this. Because I'm saved, it blesses me. But because he saved me, it shows how good God is, and I believe it glorifies him because he's the one that saved me. You know, people believe in work salvation. You know who gets the glory on that? They do. But the glory, I believe all the things and the mercy that God shows us, that that mercy glorifies God. Back in the book of Exodus chapter 33 and 34, it talks about, about uh, 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 there in the, the Moses there and leading the rebellious nation of, of Israel. And uh, they were gonna, they were going to, Moses is going to see God's glory, but here he is, he's about to lead God's people. Now, the Israel, we think about, whoa, great. He had the Israelites to lead. They were a bunch of problematic people. They grumbled. They were Israelite Baptists. They grumbled along the way. They wanted this and wanted that. They had all kinds of stuff going on. And Moses understood the people. He was amongst them. He was one of them. And, he's, and, he's, and God says, I want you to lead my people. I think Moses said, God, if I'm going to lead your people, I need your help. May I say this? If you're going to live your life, you need God's help too. If you're going to raise a family, you need God's help help too. If you're going to get married and have a spouse, you need God's help. It was important for him because he was going to lead these people, the nation of Israel, to the promised land. He knew also what was going to happen in the promised land. War. (laughs) Wow. What an outlook. But he had a great God. He understood how God was so good. He said, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. But God did something very interesting in there. And I, I read to you. You don't have to turn to it. We'll turn to other scriptures later on here. But in the book of Exodus chapter 33, and I said about this story is in 33 and 34. But in Exodus 33, I read to you in verses 21 through 23. Listen to this. That what God did, God concealed his glo- the glory of his person. Now listen to the verses. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. Now think about this. The Lord said, I'm going to put you here, and I'm going to pass by you, but I'm going to cover your eyes here so you can't see me. That's kind of a strange thing I'm thinking. But he's listening to what he said. He said, I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. God was saying, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you see some glory here, but you're not going to see my face. You're not going to see the front of me. You're going to see the back of me. And I get in the message towards the end. I'll, I'll share with you, I, I think, a great truth about that, about the hinder parts there. But then we go into chapter number 34 in verses 5 through 8. We find out that, the, that, that God revealed his glory of his person by coming there in the cloud. And, and, and uh, there that, that, that Moses saved say that pillar of cloud and, and, and a pillar of fire in the cloud that came. God was showing him his glory. 
God wants us to see his glory. And I believe that God shows us his glory. Now get this. By the mercy that he shows us. All of us are partakers of God's mercy. All of us are. So Moses was not allowed to see God's face, but he could see God's glory. And the Bible tells us that the work for the, the, work for the Lord, I believe, on earth glorifies God in heaven. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. And let's go to verse number 14. And we'll read verses 14 through 16. The Bible says, You are the light of the world. Now he's talking about us. We're the salt of the earth in verse 13. And then verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Then notice what he says, verse 16. Let your light so shine for yourself. Before men, yeah, well, what's it really matter what people see? Well, let's look on. That they may see your good works. Is that a period? Comma. Something else. And what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Do you understand? Because of the mercy of God, Him saving us, because of the mercy of God meeting our needs and everything, that, that, that what we do is we let our light shine, we're actually glorifying God in heaven. That's a glory. That's a glory there. You know, I believe it all sums it up in Psalm 23 and verse number 6. You know it, I'm sure. Surely goodness and mercy... Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, what's interesting about that verse, I think, is the first word, surely. A lot of things you can't be sure about. It's going to rain two weeks from now. Not sure about that, are we? We're not sure about the next five minutes. But there's something, there's a surety when it comes to God. I know for sure that he's coming again. I believe in the Old Testament people could know this. They could know for sure that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. There's a surety about God. And I believe here that he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. So you think about this, the surety in the Christian life. God has, it's kind of like this. God, he's talking about his mercy. God has always been good. And God is always merciful to us. Let me add this to it. And he's not changing. Amen. You know, two weeks from now, he's still going to be merciful. Tomorrow he's going to be merciful. When I wake up in the morning, he'll be merciful. God has shown me mercy every day of my life. You say, boy, you must be something special. You've seen God's mercy. God could have let you go on to hell before you got saved. But his mercy, he let us live. So that we can hear the gospel and we can call upon Christ and we can be saved. Now when I think of Psalm 23, it's kind of inter interesting because this was written by David. Now that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is this, that, that this psalm was written for about, and, and, and David did not know what the future would be in his life. You know, I think about this. What David understood about the tender mercies of God was as he sat on the hillside watching his sheep. 
He's out there watching. I mean, he's not been, he's not been fighting any, any Goliath yet. He has not been in the battles. He has not had his family rebel against him. He's not had a, a king try to destroy him. And this was before all that. He had been following what his father wanted. He's out in the fields. He's not had all the difficult things happen in his life. But he knew something. He knew that surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Well, David, you didn't, you didn't go through some, you didn't go when your brothers made fun of you. you, you, you this was before they made fun of you. No, surely, this mercy is going to follow me. Well, David, old Saul's going to try to kill you. Surely, his mercies will follow me. All, all the days of my life. We could go to David when he was so broken in Psalm 51 and say, hey, what happened to your God? And we could go to David when his son was rebelling against him. And David has to flee for his life. What about your God? I believe he would say, hey, I still believe what I believed on the side of the hill. That his, surely his mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Just like it said in Lamentations. His mercies are new every day. You know that each and every one of us in this room all deserve hell. Say, so, oh man, I'll tell you, I'm pretty good. Now you're stinking, wicked, vile sinners. We all are. Well, I didn't do all that other stuff. You know what? A lot of people didn't do it outwardly, but in their mind they did. But the fact of the matter is, if you only did one sin, and I don't think there's anybody in this room that only did one sin. Man, if it would hit us, if we'd wake up and understand this. We are such sinners. We deserve hell. Man, it almost ought to almost make us stand up and shout this morning. That we deserve hell. I deserve to be burning in hell. And yet, because of the mercies of God, I could stand behind this pulpit and bring to you some wonderful good news that'll be good for you too. I think every one of us could go home from here saying, Thank God for his mercies that he's shown me. Well, I already know about that. You know, you ought to still be excited about it. You know, something that's good is still exciting. Have you lost the excitement? Hmm. I think of that verse in Psalms 8, verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and a son of man that thou visitest him? Would, it, would you let this sink in? God thinks about you all the time. Remember when you were dating. I've never seen such blank looks in all my life when I said that. Remember when you were dating, I, 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 I thought about her all the time. I couldn't wait when I was at the factory working. I couldn't wait till lunchtime. I could only talk to her on the phone. Her daddy would only allow us 15 minutes. That was back when dads were smart. And there was only one phone in the house. And I, I would go there, and I, that, that, that pay phone there in, in right outside the lunchroom, right next to the guard sitting there, and he listened to all my little gushy stuff that I was talking about. I couldn't wait. I'd go. Everybody, everybody knew that, boy, at 8.15, lunch was at 8 o'clock. You say, what did you do from 8 to 8.15? Well, I had to eat. Had to have good, you had to have, you know, be strong so I can spend 15 minutes talking. But I call her thought about her. I'll be honest with you, I thought about her on my way home. 
Why do you all look at me like I'm really weird? Weren't you in love one day? I said, oh, I just got married because I need someone to do the dishes. <laughs> you low-down scoundrel, you. I was in love. Thought about it all the time. You know, God thinks about you all the time. You know, aren't you glad you go, Heavenly Father, I'd like to, yeah, Mark, Mark Biter, yes, yeah, I, I, I live on Potter Creek, and, and, and yeah, August 11th, 1971, you, you want to look it up real fast? I don't have to do that, do you? He's thinking about you. That's good news. That's good news. He thinks about us. And yet when I stop and realize a God in heaven who's perfect is thinking about me, a man who deserves to burn in hell. We should all be able to praise him today because we have an eternity in heaven. Everybody's talking about the elections coming up again. I'm glad there's more important things than that. I believe that's important. You vote. You make sure you vote and vote the right way. But here's the thing. Ain't going to change much anything. Whichever way it goes, a certain group of people are going to be madder than they are right now. Right? If another Democrat gets in, Republicans, we are going to fuss and fight and spew. And if, if Trump or another Republican gets in, the Democrats are going to fight and fuss and spew and burn down our cities. Us Republicans at least have enough sense not to burn down our cities, amen? But anyways, I digress. We should be saying with the psalmist in Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Every one of us ought to be able to say it. You know, maybe we ought to train our mouths to say the right things once in a while. Yeah. Mercy's found 276 times in 261 verses in the Bible. So I thank the Lord for his mercies. I thank the Lord for his mercies when it comes to my salvation. First Peter one first Peter three yeah, one three says this Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now again, God saw our sinfulness and still sent his son to die for us. God looked down to the portals of heaven. He saw mankind. He said, but I will take my son who never sinned and send him to that world that I love. Let that sink in. Sometimes out soul winning, especially when my son was young and he and I would be out soul winning. I've used the illustration, someone there and said, it's kind of like this. Sir, if you need a heart transplant and found out that my son's heart would work for you I just met you, but I'm going to tell you this. I would not allow my son's heart to be taken out and given to you. I wouldn't allow my son to die for you. I have nothing against you. You've never done anything mean to me. 
but I couldn't let my son die for you. Yet, God gave his son for us. Think how long your list of sin is. And yet God loved you. Is that worth praising God about today? I think so. I think so. The Lord's merciful in his provisions. Psalm 78, 72 says, So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. You know, I, th- I think we all could probably say this. God's been good to me even in times that I have not been good to him. Even since I've been saved, I've not always been good to God. You know what worrying is? None of your business. You know what worrying is? Saying, God, I don't think you can do it. You doing everything God wants you to do today? Even when I'm not obeying, God still loves me. Now, it's not an excuse to disobey because God's still going to love me. But it just shows you the mercy of God. And when we fail Him, He still loves us. And He provides for us. I know no matter when it was in my life, I'd have to say this, God was always there. Since you've been saved, could you say amen to that one? God's always been there. You didn't have to go around looking for him. Last night I told my wife, I said, I think I'm going to go sit on the porch for a little bit. And I know what's going to happen. I'm never going to be alone. I really didn't want to be. And all of a sudden I heard her walking down the steps inside the house. And she went to the back door. And I wasn't there. So I heard her praising God. She said, I looked out the window and I didn't see. I thought maybe you're in the garage. I look and the lights weren't on in the garage. You weren't on the back porch. And then she thought, he must be on the front porch. Now, if, knew, if I knew she was looking for me, I'd have went around the side of the house and hid. I'd have had fun with that one. But you know what? She had to go looking for me. God never has to go looking for us. He knows where we're at all the time. I'm glad he's always there. He's, he's there to protect us. Psalm 4, 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. You just look back and see how God's protected us. Amen. I mean, there's a lot of us in this room here. If we, I mean, if God had not intervened, we would not be here today. <laughs> Isn't God good? His mercy. He shows us his glory by the mercy. He shows us mercy and we enjoy it there. But understand this. He's getting glory because of the mercy that he's shown us. Sometimes we go through some rough waters. You know, when we went through the rough waters, he was there too, wasn't he? Why? Because he's always there. I think when the disciples were in that ship and the storm came... All of a sudden, they got fearful. They looked as someone's walking on the water. They didn't be afraid because it was Jesus. When they were in the boat that time and the storms came, they thought they were going to drown. The boat was going to sink. What happened? Jesus was there all the time. Oh, his protection. But also, the Lord is merciful in forgiveness. 
1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's very faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, what sins? Name it. He forgives. He forgives, no matter how terribly we fail. You say, preacher, I've made such a mess in my life. I always, I can't figure these people out and say, well, I've got to get things straightened out first before I get, before I get in church. I can get things straightened out before I get saved. You'll never get straightened out. You'll never get back to church then. What you need to do is understand you can confess your sin to the Lord, and he will forgive your sin. And by the way, you know what? He'll not only forgive it, he'll forget it. Isn't that a good thing? I'm glad he forgets it. I don't forget a lot of things. God forgets our sin even though he's God. You wonder how he could forget if he's God, but he could make himself do whatever he wants to do. Listen to the verse. I'm not, I'm not making it up, all right? Jeremiah 31, 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. For the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. I make reference to that song sometimes. What sins are you talking about? <laughs> you say, man, I just every day I ask God to forgive me about this. Why? If you already ask him to forgive you, guess what? He forgave you. Wouldn't that bring you a peace? You say, man, I just can't sleep at night because I always that sin comes up in my head again. Well, the devil says, hey, what about this? Look, at you're still guilty of this. No, Jesus washed it away. I mean, how stupid can we be sometimes? So, but, but you know what? It was so bad. God said, I, my, my grace is so great and my blood cleanses so deep that I even forget about it. So our work for Christ glorifies God in heaven. And I believe the glorious work of, on this earth glorifies God in heaven. But also this, and God's mercy on earth glorifies him in heaven. The Bible says his mercy is everlasting. Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. I don't know when the Lord's coming again, but I know that his mercy is everlasting. I, I, think, I think we're, going to even, we're even going to enjoy that mercy of God even in heaven. Because he is mercy. Mercy of God. It's everlasting. I'm so thankful it is. God's mercy is unchanging too. Lamentations 3.22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. It's unchanging. I'm glad God doesn't change. Amen. You know, doesn't it bother you you're going down the road up here at one time? We, 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 were, we were driving, Dave, Dave, was saying about about it too and he said did you see they put that 55 mile an hour zone back up he said it was 45 now they got they've got what 45 55 45 i said which one are we supposed to do me and dave are like you know i don't know just let's just weave in and out of them and go however fast you want add them up and go that speed maybe and then all of a sudden they took the one side down when they changed they changed you're, you're in a place where all of a sudden they changed the speed limit doesn't that bother you no, no. Some of you just speed all the time, don't you? You go, what sign? You know, I say, what sins are you talking about? You go, what sign are you talking about? Well, they changed the sign. 
Or they take a road, and all of a sudden it's a one-way road, and no one told you. But you know, things change. But God never changes. That's why I like old-time religion. That's why we have an old-fashioned service. Kind of reminding us, God does not change. God's mercy is abundant. Numbers 14, 18 says, The Lord is long-suffering and of a great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. His mercy is abundant. In other words, what? He's got plenty. I don't know if God forgive me of this. Wait a minute. Let me, let's check and see. How's, how's the mercy, God? How's, how's mercy going there? Uh, unlimited. It's enough for any sin. God's mercy also is this. It's motivational. And what's that all about? Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. By the mercies of God. What are we supposed to do? What's beseeching me? By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So what happens, the mercy of God is something that motivates me to be a living sacrifice. Sometimes we need motivation, don't we? Huh? Some of you, I don't know what it would be, maybe a stick of dynamite. Right? Say amen. I'm not gonna say it. Boom. I mean, I mean, there ought to be a motivation there because of God's mercy. His mercy's inexhaustible. Lamentations again, three twenty-two. If the Lord's mercies, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because compassions fail not. And as we read in verse twenty-three. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Think about it. They don't expire, but it's like, it's like they're new all the time. <laughs> I know I've used the illustration before, but in 40 years, you can only use so many illustrations. You've got to use them over again. <laughs> but my brothers and I, we always had a big toy box in our closet in our bedroom. And sometimes when we were like kind of bored with all the toys we've been playing with, we get this idea, my brother Tim and I, we were kind of strange. Say, let's dig out the bottom of the toy box. You say, why would you want to do that? Those are where the toys we haven't played with. And we would go down and pull something. Oh, do you remember this car? Oh, yeah, I remember that. We got it at Montgomery Ward. Well, hey, look at this. This doll. Must be yours, Tim. And uh, uh, we look at these things, you know. Wow, look at this down in it. We didn't actually, there was never any dolls other than the G.I. Joes my brother had, and I thought he was a little bit flaky for having that. But uh, we didn't have any Barbie dolls or anything because we never had any sister. We were blessed with all boys. Okay, I move on. <laughs> we pulled those toys out of the bottom, and they were new to us. But you know what was even greater? We'd go to the store. We go to Montgomery Wards and mom lets us pick out a matchbox car or truck. Remember those guys? In the little boxes, in the little glass case or plastic case. And I remember at Montgomery Wards, you twirl around, you tell them which one you wanted, and they'd pull one of those boxes out and give it to you. Man, we got a new toy. How wonderful it was to have a new toy. But here's the thing it'd been sitting in Montgomery Wards for some time, it was there all the time. But it was new to me. You know what? I keep digging in the bottom of the box and I find something that was always there. His mercy. His mercy. Oh, how good God is. I don't understand why people don't want to get saved. I don't understand it. 
I understand, sir, would you like to know you're going to heaven? Today you could settle it. No, not now. Why would you want to spend one more day on your way to hell? Why would you want to take a chance of dying and burning in hell forever? Why would you even want to walk this earth without the presence of God in your life? Why would you want to live without the Holy Spirit living within you? Why would you want to miss all these mercies? I wonder. But then I wonder, too, why do God's people want to run from God? Why would you want to stay away from the one that has so much for you? His mercies. Thank the Lord for his mercy. And because of his mercy, we ought to glorify him as we work for him. We started out this message, and I told you I was going to try to explain something, give you a, I think it's a blessing. God, it was a blessing to me. We started out, I said about that God only allowed Moses to see his hinder parts not his face. And I thought, I wonder why was that? And I understand, you know, man was not to see God's face there. But I think, I think the truth is this. And uh, Titus, will you help me out here? Sorry to wake you up. Now he wasn't sleeping. If he was, I'd smack him when he comes up here. I'm God. He's Moses. Okay? And God's just kind of think about this. Don't look at he can't see me now, but he wants to see God. He wants to see God do something. Why? He's going to lead the children of Israel. And there's going to be all kinds of problems. He wants to see the glory of God because of what's going to happen. So God says, all right, I'm going to set you up on this rock here. I'm going to put you over here. I tell you what, step up there. A big rock. <laughs> God put him up on that rock, didn't he? He said, now you stay right there. And God said, I'm going to pass by, but this is what I'm going to do. God didn't let him see his glory there, did he? And then God put his hand down. What did Moses see of God? His hinder parts. Backside didn't see his face. I understand God did not want him to see his face there. But you think about this. Step down now. You still looking at the backside? A lot better than the front side, isn't it, old man? <laughs> What's he do now? Here's God leading them. It wasn't this way, stay there. God was in front of him. So Moses kept his eyes on God, and God was leading him. Thank you. Neat little ideas. You see, God wants you to see his mercy, his glory. And he wants you to give glory. Enjoy his mercy. One of these days, we'll see him face to face. And Moses later on got to see that pillar of fire and that cloud he was able to see there, I think, was showing the glory of God. But it started out. He said, you'll see my hinder parts because God was leading and Moses is supposed to follow. God's leading today. And he wants every one of us to follow him. And one of these days, hallelujah, we'll see him face to face. <laughs> he, won't, he, won't, he won't say just the hinder parts. He'll say, but here's the thing. I can see his glory every day. I see the glory of his person and that he saved me. And he protects me. 
and he provides for me. He meets all the needs. He forgives my sin, and he forgets my sin. Let's glorify him with our lives. But this morning, if you're not saved, you can't glorify him. You need to receive Christ as your Savior. You can know you're going to heaven. Greatest thing in all the world is to know you're saved. Amen. And we that are saved, well, I think we understand it, but let it sink in today. About the glory of the Lord. Let's give him glory as we enjoy his mercy. Father, we thank you, Lord, again for this time this morning. Thank you for the word of God and what it teaches us. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share these thoughts with the folks today. And I pray that, Father, we would be a people that would just, I, I, I just come out from underneath that rock we're hiding under so many times. And, Lord, may it be evident by those all around us that we have you not because of a smugness or a better-than-thou persona, but, Father, by showing God's glory. Lord, I pray, use us. I pray that we'll be doing those things and pleasing you, the things you want us to do. Help us let our light so shine that it might glorify you. And Lord, we look forward to that day when we see you face to face. But in the meantime, help us follow you. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this morning. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning who said, Preacher, if I was to die, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, if I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven. I'm afraid that I might go to hell. Now, you may be a, me a little bit afraid. You say, Preacher, I've been in church many years, but I'm not sure of heaven. i tell you what, I wouldn't want to go to hell from a church pew. I wouldn't want to go to hell because I walked out of service and didn't get saved when God spoke to me. Trust Christ today. I wonder if there'd be anyone say, Preacher, if I died, I don't know. I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Slip your hand up. Anyone? Anyone this morning? Christian this morning. Glorify him. Christian this morning. See his mercy. Let it sink in. Be thankful about it. Let's love God like we should. Father, bless this invitation. I pray your will be done. Speak to us. Lord, I pray that anybody would have the idea, well, that's the way I am, would just come to the altar and throw that on the altar. And say, Lord, make me the way I ought to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand as the song is played? The altar is open. You do what God says. If you're not saved, come and let us know. <laughs>